God bless you. You made me see it. A little different this morning. I do appreciate all in the house of the Lord. Let's give all of our guests a good hand clap this morning. God bless each one of you for coming. Being a part of this service with us today. We will be dedicating Trent in just a little while. Ending the service. So Sunday school classes, if you would, make your way back out here around 1130 or so. And uh, we'll take care of that. And uh, praise God. Man, it got great. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you. Miss Sandra ought to brought you that tamarind. What I should have done. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. God's working for us. Working among us and through us. Amen. Appreciate all the some sick still. Some still battling with the virus and flus and stuff of that nature. So let's continue to pray for them. That God would heal them and bless them and protect the rest of us. Amen. It's just the goodness of God. Hallelujah. That keeps us. Amen. It's not that we're anything of anybody else. It's just God's goodness and keeps us. And we thank God for it. Somebody's got to be well to help take care of the sick. Amen. So which side do you want to be on? <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to be on the well side. Amen. I'd, I'd much rather, you know, take the damp cloths and, and all that good stuff. And Amen. But to thank you. We got a new Sunday school books. How many of you read your lesson without your book? <laughs> Hallelujah. Didn't do it, did you? Praise God. But we got them here this morning, and we want to give them out. There you go, Brother Brent, if you would. Grab up an armful. Anybody that don't have a new Sunday school book, I know some of you come and got them earlier this morning. If you hadn't got a Sunday school, we got plenty of them, so please take one. Amen. Guests, you can have one, too. We don't mind. If you don't get these, you're welcome to them. Praise God. We got a very beautiful, very powerful lesson this morning. Amen. It's dealing with uh, the plan of salvation. Hallelujah. Of God and what happens. The, the essentiality, the must of receiving the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that I've experienced the Holy Ghost. That we, you and I can know for ourselves. It is an individual affair. That process came down. We may talk about that just a little bit. Amen. This morning. Uh, in the lesson, the necessity of the spirit. Amen. Not any spirit, but God's spirit. The Jehovah spirit. The Holy Ghost. It's, it's a necessity. You've got to have it. It's not a choice. Uh, I believe as we go into this lesson, we're going to learn some things and maybe uh, even receive some uh, insight of, of the condition of a world and the, the religious world. Uh, not, not, not the demonical world and the unbelieving worlds per se, uh, but the religious world that uh, believes to a certain degree and as, as they have been instructed and taught. And, but I believe there's some things that we're going to learn here today that... You know, the Holy Ghost is more for us than just to uh, make us speak in tongues and feel chill bumps and dance and act like we did this morning. Amen. It's a comforter. Amen. It's a guide. It's a voice. It's a true voice. And we're living in a world today with technology and the Internet and the punch of a button that you can introduce you and expose you to all types of voices and ideas and opinions, both out of the Word of God and other areas. But uh, we're, we're focusing this morning, amen, on even the Word of God and uh, the interpretations of individuals and what they believe its meaning and what it says and and for most that never have experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they're going to look for avenues to go around it. 
they're going to look for means to avoid that. And uh, it's been a lot of pressure put upon our nation in the last few years. I would say probably in the last 20 years, uh, even in the denominal world. And I'm just going to be plain this morning. We're not here to hurt nobody. We're not here to offend nobody. But truth is what's going to get us out of here. Amen. And the right foundation and, and, and built upon that right foundation. Paul went as far as he wouldn't go any other place that the gospel had been preached. He'd go to places had not because he wanted to make sure the foundation was laid right. He wanted to make sure that individuals, and man, that's the reason he would leave Titus and he'd leave Timothy behind to, to work with elders to make sure that the foundation was laid right because he understood that if the foundation was not laid right if they didn't have the true experience then they was going to wind up in error because you can't start out wrong and wind up right that is absolutely impossible you got to start out right and then even there you got to war against spirits of error and philosophies of men and doctrines of men and their interpretations and thank God for the word God didn't have a problem at all moving upon holy men to inspire to breathe upon them to write the word of God that you and I can have what we call the Bible 66 books that's been kind of together brought together to help us to guide us to be examples unto us and help us that we wouldn't waver off amen Thank God they can help get us right back where we need to be. And I'm so thankful that it's forever settled in the heavens. We warned a couple of times in the scriptures not to add or take from it. I don't have a right. You don't have a right. Nobody has a right. I don't care who they are. Amen. Even the priests, you know, the Catholic Church dealing with some things. And they, they, they feel like the Pope has the right, amen, to change things. But he don't. You can't change God. How can you change truth? You change truth. It's not any truth any longer. And so we've got to get back to truth. We've got to get back to the Word of God. That's forever settled in the heavens. Amen. And this is the book. Everybody's going to have to give an account to him. And this you're going to learn even this this morning. I'm going to spend just a, a few minutes on the area of the covenants that had brought us to this point in place and how God brings it down to an individual I know we're living in a world today that you can't save yourself you know your works can't save you that's correct if your works are as as unrighteous your own self works but there is a works amen after the foundations laid and walking in the Holy Ghost and being led by the Spirit of God the Bible has taught us many many times that we're going to be judged by the deeds that's done in these bodies also we're going to understand that this body belongs to Christ amen it belongs to God. It doesn't belong to me any longer. My, my body, my life, my heart, my spirit's been bought for Jesus Christ and for the kingdom of God and for the service of his, his will and his desire. I don't belong to myself any longer. I belong to him. And so whatever direction he leads me, that's what I've got to do. I've got to be willing to walk in that pathway. In the, how am I going to do that? I'm going to be led by the spirit of God to stay and never, the Holy Ghost will never lead you outside of the doctrines and the instructions of the manual of the word of God. It's always going to keep you there. So as we watch this this morning unfold and take place we're going to talk about Nicodemus we're going to talk about some of the disciples John the Baptist we're going to talk about Apollos we're going to talk about individuals doing some of the first years of the New Testament church that took place and what had to happen and what they had to do is they was walking in what light or what revelation or what they had been taught amen but now when when further doctrine came along and insight came along they was willing to continue in that they didn't re reject it they didn't rebel against it they humbled themselves the scriptures taught us, amen, those that gladly receive the word of God. I want to gladly receive the word of God, amen, because the word's what's got it. We've gotten by it. We're kept by it. We're going to be brought out of this place, amen, and I'm telling you, if there's ever been a time that we need the word of God written on the tables of our hearts, our minds, and our spirit, and it's important in all those areas, especially the heart, because the heart is the seat of the affections and passions and desires, and the word of God, if it's not there, then we can allow the wrong affections and wrong passions and wrong
and wrong desires to get a hold of us and cause us to miss this mark. And I got a lot to cover, so you know what? I'm, I'm going to do my best, and I'm going I'm to move on, though. I'm not going to drag this morning. If you come with the drags, well, get up, walk around, do whatever you got to do at your soul account. I'm not worried about disrupting it. We do things decent in order, but I'm telling you what, this thing is serious. This thing is coming to a close. If there's ever been a time that you need to get in the church, that you need to get baptized in the Holy Ghost, that you need to get baptized in Jesus' name, and you need to walk in the Holy Ghost. And it can't be something that you're just familiar with. It can't be something in the right of great brought it out of a lesson. It can't be just because you're going to the right church that you're just automatically going to get it. That's not going to work. It can't be because the family you was raised in and because they believe this one God message and walk in the Holy Ghost. It don't give you a guarantee. It's all a personal, it's on a personal basis. Amen. And you and I have got to make it. I'm telling you the statement that the religious world uses and we're shying from it. We shouldn't. He's got to become your personal savior. He's the only great shepherd. Hallelujah. He's the only one. He said, my sheep will know my voice. And the only way you're going to know his voice is through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the only way you're going to know his voice is through the written writings of the word of God. And all of that works hand in hand and works together. What's it trying to do? It's trying to go. God's got an expected end for this church. It's God's will. Amen. I'm going to preach on it tonight. It's not God's will to pour his wrath upon you. It's God's will to pour his spirit on you. It's God's will to save you and deliver you. It's not God's will for the devil to eat you up or the world to eat you up. It's God's will for us to be a part of the rapture. It's God's will for this church to be everything that God intended the book of Acts to be. We're no less than anybody else. We shouldn't become behind than anybody else. We still serve the same God, the same name, the same power, the same glory. He's still our healer. He's still our blesser. He's still our way maker. So we're just excited about living for God today. It's the greatest thing that ever happened. It's the most joyful thing. Amen. I've really been enjoying the Bible studies. Brother Tyler and Brother Justin, Sister Melissa, we, we had a good time. We actually went about an hour and a half the last, last Friday night. Amen. Man, you're telling me, you start talking about the Word of God. You're talking about walking with God and the joys of the Lord. I'm telling you, there's nothing to trumpet. I'm going to be honest with you this morning. Shame on us when we allow the world to influence us and we don't influence them. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. The writer said it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's nothing like it. That experience of the Holy Ghost, the power of God. I, I don't want it to become second-handed to me. I don't want it to become, you know, uh, well, it, it doesn't matter. It does matter. It, it's a dedicated, you know, I couldn't think of a better way to dedicate Trent. The power of God in this house. It's our responsibility, and I'll talk about this just a little bit at the end here, amen, to raise them up, the admonition and the nurture of the Lord. It's our responsibility to have a, a creating a power here and an anointing and a presence here that even, amen, and you know what, it already started. It started before he was ever born into this world, amen, but while he was still in the womb, amen, if John the Baptist can leap in the womb by hearing some news, oh, come on, honey, you underestimate our God, you underestimate the power and the ability. Hallelujah. You know what? We give way too much credit to the devil. Hallelujah. Whenever we think God, I'm telling you, God, he's miles and miles and miles ahead of the devil. Hallelujah. What the devil can't do, can't, can't come nowhere near what God can do for us. And so, thank God for that. How many wants to be a new creation? New creature. Amen. You, you know, we didn't like ourselves when we come here. We don't really like ourselves now. We just like the Holy Ghost what's in us. That's right. Paul said, there's no good thing in my flesh. 
Man, if I can just keep my flesh and my old carnality, if I can mortify it, somehow if I could get up every morning and blow its brains out and connect, amen, to the Holy Ghost and still walk in earth, earth and vessel, I'd be far better off, and you would be too. I'm talking about from me. <laughs> I ain't talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Praise God. You'd much rather be around me. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost attracts people. Holy Ghost calls the lame and the lunatics and those odd people and lost people and hungry people. Amen. That they are be attracted. They ought to be attracted to us. They ought to be something flowing out of us. Amen. That ought to draw them. Sweetness and kindness, honey. And we're going to talk about that. Amen. At the end of this lesson. Called the nine fruits of the Holy Ghost. Did you know there is actually fruits of the Holy Ghost that shows how mature we are that's as important and sometimes more important than you speaking in tongues? I've heard people speak in tongues and 30 minutes later, man, can I distance myself from you? Okay. <laughs> Too early on. Okay, here we go. Focus verses in John 3 and 5. John, Jesus, I'm sorry, Jesus answered, Verily, verily. Man, truly, truly. It's authority with this. It's power. He didn't take him long to get this conversation. We're going to talk about that a little bit. I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit. Notice that word spirit is capitalized. That's Jehovah, Holy Ghost, God's spirit. You've got to be born of it. There's no, no way of avoiding it, no way of getting around it. It's a must. It's an essentiality. He cannot enter into what? The kingdom of God. The fifth verse talks about he can't even see it. So we're talking about the kingdom of God. Notice something. This is the only two places that John writes about the kingdom of God. In the third and fifth verse of this chapter right here. Notice something else. I'm going to say just a few things here. Amen. In the third chapter, amen, he deals with Nicodemus. And, and we know that he's a Jewish leader. He's of the Sanhedrin. This was a 71 group men. Amen. That was the Jewish leaders and religious leaders. Amen. The, 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 they had a high priest that over, overruled them and overpowered them. And so this setting up he was he was of the elite amen if anybody ought to recognize Jesus Christ it ought to have been them if anybody ought to recognize that he was the Messiah and fulfilling the prophecies it ought to have been them they was the one who was supposed to know the law and the word of God amen of the scriptures that everybody relates to from Jesus Christ and the New Testament back to the scriptures is the Old Testament and so everybody the Sanhedrin's ought to have been the one that had all the revelation all the insight and the recognition but they failed to do that because amen because of pride and arrogance and positions because even here in their different ideas that when Nicodemus came unto Jesus Christ he came at the night time some said he'd done it out of fear some said because he didn't want to be you know want to, you know, he wanted to not no disruptions it really don't matter amen we know that Nicodemus if you read on with Nicodemus he got involved with Jesus Christ history says amen that later on in his life because he was rich amen because the position he had he had great funds he had great money great great influence amen but history says that they saw his own daughter later on and a lot of us ain't going to like this because with the denominal world and things of that nature when they talk about coming to Jesus Christ it's supposed to be a bed of roses your car's not supposed to turn up your washing machine's not supposed to turn up you're going to have financial blessings and all these other things are going to be out you're not going to suffer but you know what the word of God has taught us right the opposite as far as a soldier but anyway this is what history says about that daughter 
She's out getting grain out from under the horses, trying to survive. Because they put him out. You know what our world's facing? It's called pleasure. Paul writes it. Some wants to serve their own belly, their own pleasure. And so that's the reason they're looking for a place to come worship with the least amount of requirements. They want a God with no requirements, but they want a God that will show up and bless them in all times and all situations. We want a God that we can use like the spare tire. I don't need you unless, you know. But when you got four flats, the spare tire won't work, really. We got four worn out tires. <laughs> so, he goes from that. Truth about God. The Holy Spirit gives us new life and hope. What are we all looking for? Eternal life. Eternal life. Uh, none of us is looking. We're not, you know, we talk about the birthdays, but we know there's only one option. Amen. <laughs> to quit having them. And... Um, we're all hoping to go in the rapture. But we really don't want him to come today. Boy, some of you won't smile for nothing. God have mercy. I'm sorry. Truth for our my life. I will receive the gift. I will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I don't like using the word Holy Spirit. Maybe I should, but but I don't. I'd rather use the word Holy Ghost. Here's my reason. Ghost is the spirit of a departed one. Jesus departed, but he promises his words. He said, I'm going to send back a comforter. He sent it back. He sent it back. I know he sent it back. <laughs> you know he sent it back. Amen. When you're in trouble and heartaches and things, and he shows up. But you know what? He don't want to just show up. He wants to, he wants to abide. He wants to dwell. He wants to homestead. This is a little too plain, but I'm going to say it. He's not looking for hotels and motels. He's looking for places to homestead. Don't worry, he can pay the taxes. He can send you to a fish. I'm not even real sure if Peter dropped a hook. You know what? That fish may have been a trophy too. Come up and had a mouth that big around. Peter was a fisherman. But he wasn't worried. That wasn't the, the trophy he was looking for. He was looking for the trophy that's inside. He was talking to a fisherman. Can you imagine him going, making his way down there? And he, how many times he had, he had mend the net? How many times he had maybe used the hook? How many times? And, and, but obedience is better than sacrifice. <laughs> this is a God thing. And so he goes down in there, reaches in, goes, pays the taxes. Well, it's about tax time again. That excites y'all. Well, thank God you got the land you pay taxes on. It's according to how you look at this. Amen. <laughs> you could be, you know, I don't have nothing to pay taxes on. I ain't got nothing. I don't even have a tent. don't have a cardboard box. But God's been good to me. God's been good to me. Amen. So, as we go through this lesson and make our way through it, I'm going to use some of the lesson, different things of it. The writer starts it out. He talks about George. George, you know, the thought for sure he would get by. They lay off 20 years of seniority, but it didn't happen. He's sitting in the truck in the parking lot. He's got the paper. He don't know what he's going to do. 
They got accustomed and used to this life where, where they had, you know, the income that to live into the standard of life. And, but you know what? You, they knew what to do. We're going to pray. Did you notice that? The first thing they'd done after putting the kids to bed, they crossed that kitchen table, they joined hands and prayed and said, God, hey, God, help us, folks. We'll be committed to him and faithful to him. God will be faithful to us. That doesn't mean that we're not going to go through trials and heartaches and disappointment, testing times. We've got to. We've got to. To be a testimony and a witness to others, we've got to go through those same avenues. We can't be set aside and exempt from all that. We've got to face difficulties and storms and heartaches. Amen. But the Holmes mentions about that tamarind. He said, I'm telling you, the devil's going to try to take it from you. He's going to try every method, every way, in every way possible. But you just got to have your mind made up. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to cling to it. Amen. Brother Nathan sent me these two messages. And yesterday I spent most of the day here and doing other things. And I got home kind of early. So I listened to one right after the other. I listened to about two, two and a half hours of preaching last night. Folks, I'm telling you, preaching to help us. Amen. Amen. With technology, it's one of the good areas you can use technology today. Amen. Instead of looking there, looking at everybody's my face and their face and everybody else's faces, I'd get on that place and start looking to listen to the word of God. I know what their faces look like. I don't need to look at their face. <laughs> Woo! But give me the good word of God because there's life in the word. There's hope in the word. There's answers in the word. Hey, let me ask you something. Has a White House been successful? But I tell you one house is always successful. That's the house of God. There's one house you ought to be faithful to. It's the house of God. And you ought to be more faithful to it than you are to your own house and to your work house and the White House and any other house. Praise God. We're going to talk about that sometime. Praise I got to go, man. I got to go here. Anyway, Nicodemus, we talked about him a little bit already. Amen. We know that he came, came to give Jesus Christ a visitation. He knew that he was a man that was sent from God. No man could do what he was doing unless God was with him. He did not understand and realize that he was God manifest in the flesh. But immediately, amen, Jesus begins to address him and works with him, amen, with the very topic uh, of, about uh, the being born again, amen, of the water and the spirit. So, you know, he, he quickly takes this conversation, and directs it as far as the scriptures that we can see here uh, this morning. A man that's written to us out of John's writings. Now remember, John has written this uh, uh, some 40 years prior and after a man, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And his focus is to reveal unto his uh, those that is written to and those that read it, the deity of Jesus Christ, amen, who he was and what he came to do, amen, because John realized even after just some short 40 years of approximately thereabout, amen, that was slipping away and how that those from Judah and different ones of circumcision and things of that nature was trying to bring in doctrines and trying to, to take away things. So, so John's writings and all the writings that you're going to read about John here, that's what his focus on is the deity of God, the one God, one faith, one Lord, one baptism. Amen. That Jesus Christ was this God manifested in flesh. He was man, but yet he was all God. There's not two or three. There's not two or three sons in the Godhead. There's only one person in the Godhead, Jesus Christ and him alone. That's the reason there's only one throne in, in, in Revelation when you read about it. Amen. That's reading the fullness, amen, of the authority or power of God is in Christ Jesus. That means the authority 
authority. There's only one head and one body. The body is the church. That's us. Amen. So, so that's what he really wanted to bring it to them. So now, when you get to this third chapter, and I'm going to go back to what I was going to mention a few minutes ago. If you go to the fourth chapter, you're going to watch these two chapters work hand in hand together from one extreme to the other of the importance of the water and the importance, amen, of being born again. He deals with Nicodemus. We done talked about it being a Jewish leader and his education and his insight and his riches and his influence and position that he held upon as far as in this world. Amen. But when you go to the fourth chapter, you're going to read of a little lady that had already been married. Amen. And had relationship at least five times. And the one she's with now, she said, let's forget this marriage stuff. Let's just shack up. Amen. And so she goes in the noontime of the day when nobody else would be there except one like Jesus Christ that knows all things. Amen. That made it a point to be there. And not the man with his, not with the disciples either. Read it closely. He sends, he sends all 12 disciples. Amen. Into to town to McDonald's to get a, get a kid's meal. Amen. He needed 12 men to go get him a meal. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, he had to get them out of the way because of their stares and their looks and their attitudes and the response to the little lady that he was fixing a witness to. And that little lady, amen, with that type of relationship in life, amen, and whenever he spoke to her, she said, what are you, you do even speaking to me? Why are you even asking me anything? But you watch this. From one spectrum, amen, to the other, we're going to watch John reveal unto us, amen, the importance of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the importance of the Spirit of God, the importance of being born again of the water and of the Spirit, amen, because this Messiah comes and you watch Jesus. He reveals himself unto this little lady, amen, that most of us wouldn't take time to speak to. Most of us, amen, will look down our nose and say, hey, she's, she, you just mock her all. She's done. She's over with. No, not God. I'm telling you, this salvation, if you got an ear to hear it, he'll save them from the uttermost. He'll pull them out of the gutters. He'll pull, he pulled you out. He pulled me out. I didn't save myself. I was lost and undone and confused and didn't know where to go. I didn't come to the church, amen, to change the church. I came to the church to be changed because I needed changing. I still come to the church to be changed because I'm still needing to be changed. I'm a creation by his spirit working on us. And so, as you watch this unfold, it guides the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, which means teacher, master, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these things, these miracles that thou doest, except God be when Jesus answered, said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born. <laughs> Again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born? Now we begin to realize and we begin to recognize man, the natural man. Here he is, Nicodemus, from the, the natural standpoint. How can this happen? How can this unfold? How can a man be born again? <laughs> can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born you would think he would have understood, he would have known, he would, but, but there's no way. Now, remember this. Even John's writing here. He's done experience the Holy Ghost. He's, so he's back, right? And you and I, so, so we're kind of looking, but it's this one too. This has never happened up to this point in time. Okay? It had not transpired. Nobody had no examples whatsoever at this point. Even the disciples. Because they didn't have to have the Holy Ghost as long as Jesus was there. He is the Holy Ghost. That's the reason the guy on the cross, whenever Jesus told him, today you'll be with me in paradise, he didn't have to have the Holy Ghost because you know what? The Holy Ghost was talking to him. But from that time, that's the reason the keys was given to Peter. 
<laughs> so, we, as he goes on, he says, Nicodemus said, said unto him, Jesus answered, Verily, very I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. It's not an option there. He's got to. If you go into Hebrews, and time won't allow me, and, and the writer didn't go in that part about it, but just let me mention that. The natural man has to be born first, and then a spiritual man. You can go all the way that through. I take you all the way back to the Old Testament, Esau and Jacob. That's what that's talking about. Esau represented carnality and flesh. Jacob, amen, represents the spirit. Amen. And the elders got to serve, amen, the younger. And so the elder, the fleshly, has got to come under subjection to the spiritual. The natural man's got to die out. You've got to mortify the deeds of this body and the works of the flesh. And we'll talk about them in just a few minutes. And that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Man, so you've got to have a, what an earthen vessel. It's got to be born. To, but then there's got to be the second birth. The second birth of the spirit. That's got to take marvel. Not that I said unto thee, he must be born again. The wind bloweth. Notice he likens this unto wind. Why, why wind? Wind is sovereign. Hmm. It can blow where it wishes. Same way with the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God blows where it wishes. Desires. The passion to, to operate. You can't see it. It's, it's, but you can see the evidence of it. And you can hear the sound of it. Amen. And you can feel its presence. That's the same way with God is a spirit. John 4 and 24. Now, and nothing ever changes that. God is a spirit. That's the reason he feeling, Brother Ford doesn't mention it this morning, about all the past and present and all the future. God can speak to those as though they already exist. And they're going to exist. Why? Because he's the author and finisher. Because, amen, he knew the ending from the beginning. Huh. You ever like going on a trip and you ain't got a clue where you're going? No. You want to know where the ending's at. You like to have a GPS and have it all mapped out and routed out and... Unless you're on vacation, not got nothing planned to do. The only thing you got in, you know, programmed in then is back to the room. Because <laughs> you get up in them mountains, getting around, going around, you get confused. Where am I at? Where's the room at? Where's the Press the button. <laughs> It'll help you. I make a bunch of U-turns. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So the same way we live with God, he becomes that comforter. He becomes that voice that can guide and direct us. That's the reason it's so important to have an ear. Watch Revelation. Have an ear to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. <laughs> you got to have an ear. You got to have a passion. You got to have a desire. You got to want to be saved. You got to want to be delivered. Salvation means deliverance. That's what we're looking for. We're looking to be what? Delivered from death. Delivered out of this world. It doesn't matter if we're walking here or if we've been placed in the grave. Amen. Because if you, you plant them in faith. Bury them in faith. Bury them in Christ Jesus. We're talking about a spiritual burial here, but even in the natural, that spirit's going to, what's going to resonate. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Lord, help me get through all this here. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and, that, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Jesus Christ is already prophesying and talking about Acts 2. He's already letting Nicodemus know, and others is going to read this as John writes this, what's going to happen in Acts 2. That John happened to be there and experienced. And so now all of this is coming together because Jesus even promised the disciples, said the Holy Ghost will bring back to your remembrance all these sayings. And so now as they are moved upon it, they start writing. The Holy Ghost in inspires them. because the Holy Ghost. A lot of people think that the Word of God's man's Word. It's not. It's God's Word to man. It's not man's idea. It's a God's idea. 
Uh, I teach that Bible lesson, and, and, and you know, it's got on a 32 writers. I marked through and put one author. <laughs> it said 32 authors. I marked through and put, no, it's one author and 32 secretaries. And that's what it is. It's not a man's idea, but holy men, was, as they was moved or breathed or inspired. Why is all this so important? Watch all of this. Okay, go back to Genesis 2 and 7. The first Adam. He formed and made him out of the dust. And there he was. Just uh, I don't know if he was standing, laying there. I don't know what he was doing, but he didn't have breath. Only God could do this. <laughs> that could cause all the lungs and the heart and all this stuff to start working. But what happened? He breathed into his nostrils and he became a living soul. And then, then what happened in the garden was a spiritual death. They died that day, driven out of that garden. And even there, we're going to watch what what's happens. We lose the spirit. We lose the fellowship with God, the companionship with God, the cohabitation with God. Amen. But also we see a blood trail through some animal skins that covered Adam and Eve. We're seeing a blood trail that's going that God from that point, even you, amen, it's going to be 4,000 years down the road, but there's going to be another lamb called Jesus Christ. And through the blood of this lamb, amen, man's going to be brought back into. And not just some, because now when you start going to the covenants, amen, the, the pride of the Jewish people held on to the Abraham covenant, amen, for a 1,000 years. It started, I think, 1920 or something. I can't really remember it, but B.C. And then it goes to the Mosaic Law, which is... Uh, about 1400 and something I think it was uh, amen and then it goes from that and it talks about the Philistine uh, covenant and but it keeps working right on what's happening here amen it goes from Abraham a Hebrew people even to a a, a nation a, a whole group of people but it's still just a nation but it moves from that when it moves it comes into now we're going to the David covenant talks about the David covenant and then from that covenant it comes to this new covenant and and, and, and here's why they ought to have recognized this this is the reason why Nicodemus in them because Ezekiel prophesied about it. Isaiah prophesied about it. Jeremiah prophesied about it. It was written in the Psalms that this was going to happen. What was going to happen? God was going to write it now on the tables of men's hearts and put it in their minds and put it in their spirit that he was going to give them a new spirit. That he was going to give them tongues with other tongues. Amen. And utterances was going to be made. And so all of this is prophesied even though it's prophesied five and six and seven, eight hundred years prior to it ever unfolding and coming to pass God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. Why? Because God was going to bring back for humanity that whosoever will. So now this covenant, amen, moves from, amen, from, from a Hebrew people and from a, a, a congregation and a, a whole group of, of, of as far as on one nation. Now it comes down to the individual's heart. It's up to you and I as an individual to hear and to receive his word. I've had people to ask me this. So what about new countries that they don't know, can't read, don't do this and don't that? I said, Psalmist said, creation itself has got a voice. That there is a God. And if they'll just step out one day and look around and say, you know what? There was a designer. There was a creator. There is a God. Where art thou God? <laughs> and that's all it takes. You know what God starts doing? He starts moving. If he has to move somebody from the other side of the world to bring them the gospel and to bring them the fullness of the truth, amen, that's exactly what will happen. <laughs> Praise God. So this is how some of this all really begins to unfold without going back into all of it. And I had several scriptures here we could look back to. 
For instance, what's this in John 20 and 22? And when he had said this, he's talking to the disciples. He breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Talks about the peace. He's talking about when he, after his departure. Receive ye. He breathes on them. I don't know if he actually... But he's letting them know it's going to be by the wind. It's going to be a sound. You know, you really can't even breathe. Uh, when's the last time you went up the stairs two or three times and... <sighs> what's all I breathing about? <sighs> God's got to breathe on us. He had to in the very beginning of Genesis, and he's got to in New Testament church. Church, you've got to have the breath of God in you. You've got to experience this Holy Ghost for yourself. And the initial evidence is speaking in that heavenly language that the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. It's not something you form. It's not something you shape. But as you give yourself a minute to it, it'll do it. You know what? There's one thing we don't never meet so hardly anymore. And it slipped away from us. But in the book of Acts, and they prophesied. Spoke in tongues and prophesied. About this God. How awesome, how powerful. He really is. So Nicodemus said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Are there a master of Israel and knowest not these things? You're a master. You don't know. I, you know what he's telling him? Here's what he's fixing to tell him. I, if I could tell you, if I tell you earthly things or natural things, listen to what he says. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that which we do know. See, we know it. Nicodemus thought they knew it, but they didn't. See, there's a lot of people who think they know, but they don't. But Jesus knew. <laughs> he knew. We know. And testified that we have seen. And he received not our witness. What's Acts 1 and 8? What makes us the witness in Acts 1 and 8? What makes, gives us the power to be the witness? It's the Holy Ghost. And then we got people that tells individuals you don't have to have the Holy Ghost. Well, how are you going to witness? You're going to be the witness with your own corner? How can you walk in the image of Christ without his spirit? What's this? And this, this is when it gets rough. This is where our lesson was on th- uh, Friday night. Fruits of the Holy Ghost, nine of them. Now, we, we, the first three, you know, love, joy, and peace. You know, that's not. But boy, when it starts getting to temperance, kindness, gentleness, long suffering, well, y'all don't have no problem with none of them, do you? <laughs> Praise God. No, it takes the Holy Ghost for those to cultivate and operate. In our lives on a regular and a daily basis. Amen. We, we, we constantly have to plow out the heart. <laughs> and sometimes we have to replant them seeds. We pluck them up, throw them out. <laughs> Grab the slam on brakes and back up. Hey, I better get that. I'm going to need that in a few days. <laughs> Some of you are not having it with me right now. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding with you. If I have told you earthly things, and he believed not, how shall he, shall he believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Notice, notice what he's, how he's addressing Nicodemus, how he's bringing it to his attention. And that no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that hath came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. He goes to Moses. I'm, 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 that's far enough. I'm going to move on from that. So 
as we watch some of this really begin to unfold, even in the lesson, and, and I'm going to go to some of it, uh, I must receive the Spirit. It's, it's, there's not an option. These are the words of Jesus Christ, these instructions of Jesus Christ. And without even going to Acts 2.38, without going to the P of the one who had the keys, we, we understand to, to enter or to see the kingdom of God, a man must be born again. Uh, I'm going to read some portions of this. I marked it. So I must receive the Spirit to be born again. Watch what he says. What was true for Nicodemus is true for each of us as well. There is only one way to be born again, and we must be filled with the Spirit of God through the miraculous Spirit baptism. Anything less does not bring us into obedience to the teachings of Jesus. This is imperative remains. I mean, there's, there's no way of getting around this. You know, this is, this is a doctrine that you and I just need to settle. If we have not experienced this, we need to purpose in our hearts, amen, that we're going to. God, this is for me, and I want it. This is why it is incumbent on each of us to make this desire personal. I went through the covenants one ago to bro that brought us to. Now it's all on a personal basis. Huh. Okay? It's not just for the Hebrews, and it's not just. Now, we hear this sometimes. Well, that was just for the disciples. Well, that, that's not true because Mary was in the upper room. And if Mary had to have the Holy Ghost, <laughs> I'm sure I wouldn't match up with Mary. Okay? The brothers of Jesus, the high brothers of Jesus, they had, they had an earthly daddy. Jesus didn't. They was in that upper room. In fact, the Bible says approximately 120. There was only 12 disciples, so what happened? So we know that's not, that's not the case. That's, that's not true. This is a promise from God for each one of us. A promise. Why wouldn't we want the Holy Ghost? Why wouldn't we want the Spirit of God? Why wouldn't we want to have these types of experiences? How many loves to feel the presence of God? How many loves for the power to just move in this place, man? And I mean, there's nothing like it. That's the reason the scripture warns us about blaspheming against it, denying it, or rejecting it. Hey, it's a dangerous thing to stand in a pulpit and preach that people don't have to have the Holy Ghost because you reject it and deny it. Did you know that's the only sin that you could commit that there's no forgiveness for? Once God has revealed himself and you have heard or tasted or experienced and you reject it, say it's nothing to it. It's dangerous, dangerous. He says, I will not automatically be filled with the Spirit simply, and I made mention of this, simply because I attend a church that believes this way. I do not receive the Spirit baptism just by being part of a family that is in the heritage. I must desire and pursue this experience for myself. I must desire. I must pursue it. I must. Uh, <laughs> you know. You know what? The Holy Ghost too. It's not just a one-time experience. We call it praying through. Anybody ever had to pray through? <laughs> you know. Everybody thinks. Well, you know. You backslide. Yeah, we all backslide. 
I've told you the times back when I lived in the trailer, ain't birth in them old houses out there, and I'd go out there a lot of times, especially early in the morning, especially I was working at Ingalls. I'd get up and go out there at 4 o'clock in the morning. He was falling down. Paint would be hanging down. I'd get to walking back in there slapping paint. And, and man, I mean, and sometimes even before I went to bed, and I mean, I have a great move of God. All I'd done was went back to the house, got a shower, and went to bed. Got up the next morning, go back out there, and it, sometimes it felt like God's a million miles away. And I'd be thinking, what's the deal? What's going on? But the old enemy, that's the way he works. That's the way this old carnal man works. Can I, can I, can I help us another area? You know, it's, it's a lot easier to offend the Holy Ghost than what some people think. Our countenance can be offensive to God. Can't prove that. Countenance sometimes in, into the house of God and, and in the place of, of worship. I'd never come up with prayer with a countenance like, well, I'm going to go up again. We'll see what's going to happen. Well, you might well just stay in your seat. Amen. Oh, it didn't go good, did it? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. But you got to believe. You got to have faith. You know what? Hey, if anybody can touch me, he can. If anybody can change my dilemma, he can. If anybody can get me out of this, he's the one. If not, you know what? I can find his grace sufficiency. I can find a strength and a help by him to climb this mountain, to finish this journey. Because I sure can't do it by myself. So as we move from that, it talks about Paul. Stress the, the necessity of receiving the Holy Ghost. It goes to Acts, the 19th chapter. So, watch this. I've, I've been opposed to this a lot of times, uh, especially when it comes to baptism and things of that nature. So, when you go to the 19th chapter, and look, we didn't, we didn't go to Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10. All of these are experiences of people receiving the Holy Ghost, okay? But we're going to Acts 19. And I got about 10 minutes here. So when we get to Acts 19, two things are going to happen. Now watch this. If you go back to that part of that lesson, you're going to see where it talks about how, how that, um, uh, what's this? Uh, it talks about arriving there. Anyway, the point I want to make here amen, is Aquila and Priscilla. Here's what's so important. You and I as witnesses of the Holy Ghost. Uh, to always be willing to work with anybody and everybody that's hungering and thirsting after God and the righteousness of God and the truth of God. It's, we don't tear down nothing what God's give to people and bless people. I'm telling you, he's doing it. He's blessing people. He's moving up them. And what truth they got, they need to hold on to that and walk in that. Apollos is a good example of that. He was well versed in the scriptures. He was eloquent. Amen. He had insight. Watch this. But he only knew. If you go back. Now, this is a chapter just prior to this 19th chapter that this unfolds. Amen. Because they had been driven out of Rome. Amen. Paul with Aquila and Priscilla. They was tent makers and working together. Now, Paulus was in this area. So, Aquila and Priscilla hears him. They go to the synagogue. This is a place where Jewish people gather together to be instructed and, and of, of spiritual things and of God. And so there, amen, Apollos was instructing them and he was eloquent, amen, but he only knew the baptism of John. And so Aquila pulls him aside and enlighten or instruct him in the fullness. And you know what? Even in his position. Now, Apollos is likened unto Paul. They're some of the most educated uh, disciples that you're going to read are apostles that you're going to read in the New Testament. Amen. Paul sitting under the feet of Gamal. 
And so Paulus is with that. And where he came from was known. In fact, some believe that Alexandra is a place where the, they believe that even the Greek and the interpretation, translation of the Bible was written in this area. So it was known for this. Sending and, and developing eloquent men. And so Apollos comes out of that. And then we go to the 19th chapter, Paul's journey, and he goes to the upper coast of Ephesus. And there he runs into 12 disciples. No doubt probably their countenance. I don't know what attracted Paul to them, what caused him to address them. But he doesn't really go into any of that. But he talks about coming into these 12 disciples of John the Baptist. He questions them, have you received the Holy Ghost? And they said, we hadn't even so much heard of the Holy Ghost. Watch the next question. Then how are we baptized? There's a lot of people say uh, baptism is not essential. Well, if baptism is not essential, why did Paul, the second question, whenever he realized they didn't have the Holy Ghost, he knew the chances were real good that they hadn't been baptized properly yet either. Now, this is apostle to the Gentiles, folks. I mean, come on, you're not going to get greater leaders than Jesus Christ, the Apostle Peter, and the Apostle Paul. Man, that's, that's the trump. If we can't believe what they instruct us and, and guide us in, we're in trouble today. When we're living in a world that people think that they're smarter than the Bible, more clever than the Bible, can maneuver around the Word of God, we're kidding ourselves. That's not going to happen. We got to have an ear to hear it and a heart to obey it and respond to it. I mean, true faith takes action. How do we know that Noah knew that it was going to rain? It never rained, but God spoke to him and said, it's going to rain. Judge, it's going to come. We know it because he took 120 years to build an ark. That's faith. You start building. You start responding. You start taking actions on what you were instructed to do. If I told you this building was on fire and you didn't believe me, you just sit there and burn up with me. Nobody's fault, but you're wrong. Unless somebody really loved you, come here and drug you out. <laughs> well, you try. But if you pull out a gun and start to shoot us, we'd probably leave you. Same way with some of this. You can't force people. I'm going to be a little plain here. Rebellion. Stiff-necked. Pride. Oh, it's good enough for grandma. It's good enough. You better throw all of that aside. No grandkids are going to heaven. Understand that. Everybody's got to be born of the water and of the Spirit. I heard a little something here a few months ago. Somebody baptized themselves. Won't work. It's hard to speak the name of Jesus over you and you go under the water. That's very dangerous. <laughs> no, you need, you need, because God said it this way. You need a man of God with faith that believes this. And yet man of God needs to believe it this way. He don't believe that you can do what, what Matthew. Now we obey Matthew. We don't repeat it. We obey it. There's a difference. You can repeat a commandment, you know. If I told one of you to go back and get me a bottle, a bottle of water, <laughs> you better clear that up. A bottle of water, how to have a refrigerator back there, praise God, hallelujah. And all you've done is sit there and say, okay, 
go get Brother Moore a bottle of water. Will I get the water? Will I, did, I, did I get the water? Get the job get done? Takes action. You gotta get up out of that chair, walk back there, open up that refrigerator, get that bottle of water out of it, walk all the way up here. Well, that's a whole lot of effort, a whole lot of energy, and a whole lot of just to get you a bottle of water. But I will tell you something, our part's gotta be done. We gotta get up and obey and respond. We gotta find a man to God or a house of God that believes this gospel and believes this truth. And we gotta get connected and plugged into it. And the devil's gonna do everything he can to get you disconnected. That's the reason churches are having so many problems. I'll tell you another reason why churches and so many, so many places are having so much trouble. And, and, and I know my time's running out. So I'm gonna, oh, Lord, I hope I got it somewhere here. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter, do a study on comfort. The comfort's the Holy Ghost, okay? The one and the same. Will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he, who, the comforter, the Holy Ghost, is come, watch this. He will reprove the world of sin. Won't you think about that in a second? Who's going to reprove the world? The Holy Ghost. Reprove means to correct. Kind, general reproof. Correction. Now, watch this. That's the reason there's so much sin in so-called churches. Because with the absence of the Holy Ghost, because watch this. Reproof also means conviction. And when there's no Holy Ghost, there's no conviction. And it is slipping into the apostolic churches. Because the more that we allow to... Claim to be born again. And profess to be born again. But have not. And they make their way into leaderships. And once the elders are gone. This is in Old Testament too. And they pass the scene. And they start taking positions and places even to the pulpit. You got to start raising one God Pentecostal churches without conviction. Because without the Spirit of God, there's no reproof. And without that reproof, I'm telling you, the world will slip in. And sin will dominate. And the old nature will rule. And after a while, you'll become so callous that once the things we stood against, we'll start being involved in. We'll start going to places and getting involved in things that once, amen, we preached people into hell for. That's pretty blunt. That's just pretty plain, isn't it? But it's the truth. I'm telling you, if there's ever been a generation and this needs a good old fashion of the baptism of the Holy Ghost I'm a candidate I'm ready send it on God because that conscience become calloused you know what that means right you become calloused the ability the sensitive of the spirit the will of God and the voice of God and the heart of God you become callous to it what's, what's going to lead us could this be the reason if we're not careful we start looking for other means and methods to to cause our people to become involved to try to move us is this the reason we start adjusting lights 
even to the point of changing the style of our music to because with the absence of the spirit we got to find another remedy to get us to hold on to this Pentecostal worship because that's what attracts the people because they're sick and tired of dead services they're sick and tired of deadness so but what brings life what bring life to Adam? It's the same thing as what brings life to the church and to you and I as individuals. It's the breath of God. That's the reason Jesus said, breathed on them and told them to receive the Holy Ghost. Now what happened in that upper what, what did Acts 2, how did it instruct us? It came as a sound of a mighty Russian wind. And so now when Paul gets here, and he begins to question them, and they hadn't experienced the wind, the breath, the Holy Ghost. He questions them about their baptism. They hadn't been. But immediately, they respond and baptize in Jesus' name. And Paul laying his hands on them, they receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues and prophesying. This is truth, ladies and gentlemen. This is out of the Bible. This is not from William Moore. This is the book. This is the scripture. This is what God gave us. And if we, we don't believe that God gave given us this, then where are we going to go? Where are we going to put our trust? What are we going to build upon? A wise man will dig down and build upon the rock. That same rock that you read about with Israel that led them to the promised land. That same rock that the water come out in the desert time to. That rock being Christ. That's the one that's reached, it's all wrapped up in Jesus and in his name because all power in heaven and in earth is given to this name. So now that we've experienced the Holy Ghost, we've experienced the power of God. I'm going to touch a few other things. They give me a little time here, so they're not coming in. But so, watch this. I'm going to try to cover this as quick as I can. Uh, if you don't talk about the gospel itself, go to First Corinthians 15, 1 and 4. I'm not going to address those. Go to them. Paul's writing talks about it. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It backs up the gospel. What all I've been t- talking about this morning. Go to Romans 15 and 16. Amen. What does he begin to talk about here? Amen. It talks about sanct- being sanctified. Okay. Romans 15 and 16. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God. That the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable. The offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable. Being what? Being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is what sanctifies us. I'm carried to 1 Corinthians 6, amen, and, and 9 11. I won't read the 9 and 10. Go there and read it. It's the works of the flesh. I won't read those, okay? Such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, be are justified in what? In the name of the Lord Jesus, by the Spirit of our God. This is what sanctifies us. This is what justifies. We're washed, amen, in a, in a grave. Such were some of you. Go back and read those other two verses prior to that. It names, it gives us same list that Galatians 5 gives us of the works of the flesh, amen, that takes place before it leads us, amen, to, to Galatians 5 and 22 and 23, which is the nine fruits of the Spirit, amen. So it's a package deal. So can I, can I talk about that for just a second?
let, let me finish here. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Since you believed, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So the moment you hear truth and you start believing, you become the candidate to receive the Holy Ghost. There's no reason why you and I shouldn't receive the Holy Ghost. There's only one reason. Okay? Well, a couple, what's this? Either we don't believe it and we're going to reject the truth. Or we don't love him to receive it. A lack of love for truth. So we don't want it because we don't, we, don't want the, we, want to, we don't want to be sanctified and justified. We don't, be, we don't be required to walk this new life. Huh. Galatians 5 and 16 and 18 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and he shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So the only way to not fulfill the lust of the flesh, you've got to walk what? In the Spirit. How can you walk in the Spirit without the Spirit? You've got to have it to walk in it, to lead you, to guide you. To help you. We're going right back to what John. And when the comforter comes. Amen. Amen. To, to what? It's the Holy Ghost. Amen. That, that, that governs. That guides us. That tells us. Ah, 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 ah. I told him in the Bible study the other night. I said it's kind of like you do with them little babies. When they reach for that little whatnot. And they're looking at you. And they're reaching for it. And you go. Ah, 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 and they just kind of look. And they stop you. But when you turn your head. They start to. That's the way the Holy Ghost works in our life. Amen. Uh, 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 no, uh, uh. And if we'll just be sensitive to it, if we'll just be obedient to it, we'll touch not the unclean. Come out from among them. That's what the Holy Ghost is doing, leading us and guiding us. I'm telling you, the church is going to make it. I don't care how modern this world gets. I don't care how much technology comes. I don't care how much the devil packs up and all the other things that happen. Amen. Who stays in or gets out and does whatever. If you and I just have an ear to hear the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. We'll be pleasing to God and walk in the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost. Because, amen, that's what this is all about. Amen. And walking in the Holy Ghost, we can bear those fruits. Notice, amen. Either you can be burdened down with the works of the flesh. Or we can bear the fruits of the Holy Ghost. It's up to us. Peace, joy, faith, temperance, kindness, gentleness, unsuffering. You know what? What kind of people we like to be around? You don't like to be around somebody that's a snob. It's bitter. You don't like to be around somebody that's always just... Never has a good day. If I get around you, you're going to have a bad day. <laughs> No, Holy Ghost filled people are the most pleasant people. You know why? Because we walk in the image of Christ. Now watch this. Jesus Christ didn't come to condemn the world. Jesus Christ came to save. God don't send us into areas and situations to condemn them, but to save them. There's a difference. Honest-hearted people already know they're in trouble. 
honest hearted people know they're not doing what's right. They just need somebody to help lead them out of there. Watch this. The scriptures taught us that his spirit draws them. Go back to Acts 1 and 8. How do we witness to them? It's through the Holy Ghost. So here's what's happening. You and I are carrying the spirit that can deliver them. We're ambassadors of his kingdom. Go back to John 3 and 5. To see or to enter his kingdom. You've got to be born again of the water and spirit. We're born to, to a new kingdom. We don't walk by the flesh and by the carnality. In fact, the scripture is very plain about carnal mind. It's hostile against God. You're never going to satisfy carnality. You can change all the colors. You can change everything you want to. But that old carnal mind's going to find something else to grumble and gripe about. The only true joys and peace and contentment and satisfaction there is is walking in the Holy Ghost. It's walking in the Spirit of God. It's walking in this beautiful truth. You see, our battle's not flesh and blood, but it's spiritual. Our enemy is not you. Our enemy is the devil and ungodly spirits and forces and powers. But Holy Ghost-filled people puts on the whole armor of God, Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Amen. And they walk in a different drumbeat. They walk to a different light, a different kingdom. They respond to the world and the external things. Different. It's not because of who they are, but it's because of who they belong to. It's because of the kingdom that's taken up a bold in us. It's because of what we've been washed from and delivered from. And we don't allow the spirits of envy and strive and bitterness and jealousy. Paul warned us, he said, it's not even a wise thing to judge yourself among yourselves. Just please God. Just please the Holy Ghost. In fact, when you get the Holy Ghost, it goes as far because in the Old Testament, they had to have a Moses. But in the New Testament, you don't have a need of another man telling you because you can know him for yourself. That doesn't mean that you know everything, that you don't need a five-fold ministry. What's, it's telling us that you can know Jesus Christ, that you can know God for yourself, and you can know his voice. And your witness, when, it, when the word of God comes across in the pulpit and out of the five-fold ministry, that spirit will witness with this spirit. And there's no greater unity than when you and I are walking in the Holy Ghost. It's not the will of God for apostolic people to be walking contrary to one another. Somebody's not walking in the Spirit. Somebody's not walking in the Holy Ghost. There might be a good possibility that none of us are. <laughs> huh? At times and over certain circumstances and situations. Because it's God's heart beating, God's will for us to unify and bond together. God wants me to encourage you and uplift you. 
prefer you before me. It even warns us about taking my brother to court and not to be a tail barrier. Hey, love covers a multitude of sin. I just keep my mouth shut. They don't need to know. Everybody else needs to know anything about that. I'm going to pray God deliver them. Hey, I'm not going to spread. That's walking in the Holy Ghost. That's walking in the kingdom of God. We don't put wood on the fire of gossip. We don't look around and we don't search the Facebook. I don't even have it, but, but I don't search the Facebook looking for the next. Uh, somebody's hung out their dirty laundry. So look at that. They're just like me. If you're not careful, amen, that breeds one another. Instead of doing what's right, you, you start excusing. They're saying, well, I got a right to act this way. And I got, no, no, the Holy Ghost don't give me that right. The Holy Ghost gave me the right to be delivered. The Holy Ghost gave me a right to come out from among it. That's what the grace of God is. To walk in His goodness and grace and mercy in this present world. This ungodly world. We need some, we need some ambassadors and witnesses that knows how to walk in the Holy Ghost. In the midst of the fire. In the midst of the battles. Amen. Holding on to my tamarind. Holding on to this gospel. Holding on to this encounter and experience. I just can't help but wonder how many times at Moses. Going through that wilderness. Times he'd be laying in that tent and oh, there would be so much trouble. But he could remember the old burning bush. And the encounter with God. And the promises that he made with him. He'd get up the next morning freshed. Renewed. So come on, folks, let's go. That's what the Holy Ghost does. We started out this morning with a song. We was blessed two areas of the first song. Everybody here was. At least the first one. I woke up this morning. Was the first blessing. The second blessing's by choice. With my mind. On God. Not on the world. Not on all the tragedies. Not all the, the heartaches and the disappointments. And everybody doing me wrong. No. God's blessed me with this day. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. All right. We're going to change our service this morning. I, a man got Trent here today. And Brother Josh and Sister Madison. As, as they come. I couldn't think of a better morning, amen, to do this than the preaching and teaching about the Holy Ghost, about the foundation of this gospel and truth. Amen. You know what? Trent don't have the Holy Ghost this morning. And so there is a responsibility that's going to lay heavy upon mom and daddy. And this is part of their desire. This is what this is about as they come, amen, to, to dedicate Trent and to openly confess that we're going to do this. That we're going to have a home that knows what prayer's about. That knows what the power of God's about. You know, if you're raising your children and all you depend on for them ever experience the Holy Ghost is at the house of God here. You're in trouble. Them babies need to know what it's like at home too. They need to know what it's like, amen, to speak in tongues at the house. They need to know that hear the right type of music. Amen. They need to hear about mom and daddy talking about Jesus. Hey, the Bible talks about it. Go back to the Old Testament. Every morning, 
when you get them up, put it in them. When you go start out noon, put it on the door gates and when they're going out. And come in the evening time when you lay, start to lay down at night. Tell them about the word of God. Tell them about this one Lord, this one God. Tell them about the gospel. Tell them, amen, baby, you want the Holy Ghost. I wonder what would happen if we just practice on a regular basis. Even before they really understand, we just start laying hands on them and saying, Lord, fill them with the Holy Ghost. Put a hunger in them now. Put a thirst in them. I'm going to tell you what will happen. These lollipops, a lot of these things that's going on through that internet and places, they're after your babies. They're after them. They're trying to doctrinate them. They're trying to do some things. Amen. Brother Nathan sent a little TikTok the other day, and I don't know nothing about that thing. Talking about the things that China and them is trying to do, to try to get into the hearts of your, our people, the American people, that's got some of your security bunch concerned. They ready to shut it off. They ready to do what Trump wanted to do a few years ago because they're using it as a tool, amen, to get a hold of our people. And don't you kid yourself, the devil's doing the same thing. And I'd love to say that, well, we're just isolated. We know we got a church and we got a family that's going to, no, you know what? You can't, you can't get enough isolation. Amen. No, we got to get something inside them. There's got to be an experience. And you know what it starts from? It starts from you and I as moms and dads, as grandparents, as a church. Amen. As a pastor. It starts with us every time we have encounters with them. To love them, to cherish them, to work with them. You know why? Because I want them to love God. I want them to love everything about church. I want them to be excited about coming to church. We should never raise our children. Amen. With attitude. You know, it, it was never raised. This question was never raised in our home. Well, are we going to church today? Is it Sunday? <laughs> that never came up. Some of y'all looking at me like, mm, you ain't amen me, you're going to owe me. <laughs> but that's the truth. That's the truth. House time, house of God. Raise them, train them. Create an atmosphere. That's what we want to do. We want to be a part of that. And so we're going to pray over Trent here this morning, joining with them. Amen. To, you know, 22 years, am I right? 22, 23 years, Clark. First Clark boy in 22, 23 years. This is what prayer do too, okay? <laughs> hey, God's really been blessing us here lately. He's not only given us babies, but man, he's he given us the gender you know, God wasn't confused when we asked for a boy. And I don't need four years to let me know that's a boy either. And I'm not going to raise him any other way but like a boy. If it was a girl, I'm going to raise her like a girl. If you don't like it, parents, then now you just get over it. We're not going to put dresses on them. We're not going to paint them up. They're not going to get to play now. You know, baby dolls, they're not going to get caught up in all that. No, no, no. Boy, I feel a little whatever right there. That's all right. That's all right. You, 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 you listen to Proverbs. You play with fire, you're going to get burnt. You can't play with the world. You can't play with the spirits of the world. You can't play with the devil. I tell you, time's running out, honey. we got to plead the blood. we got to build the walls. we got to be the example that God wants us to be. We're going to train them, instruct them to fish and hunt. Why don't we train them, instruct them how to pray and pray through? Oh, hallelujah. It done good to see mama, daddy in that living room, man. 
I know I'm a little wild this morning, but it's all right. We do some of that. There's other foul spirits that wouldn't be in them homes. They wouldn't have the power or the authority in your homes. That's how you drive it out. That's how you conquer it. You got to worship this one true God. You got to love Him and honor and respect Him. If we'll do that, there's some battles we won't have to face. Are you hearing me this morning? We can create an atmosphere that keeps praying for having you. You act a fool with that giant. You know why? Because mom and daddy and grandparents of the church took care of that giant a few days ago and cut his head off. That's what's so important. Could it be some of the problem of our generation now is because too many generations has let their giants pass by? And now we don't have one and two. We've got three and four. Because watch this. If God can send the iniquity of the fathers to the fourth generation, what can the devil do? What was sin do? I'm more in the book than what you might think this morning. Huh. We've come to dedicate Trent. Praise God. That's right. Reese's helping me out up here, buddy. She's... You're doing good, baby. I want all the family to come, all the close family to come together in. Real close to Mama and Daddy and Trent today. Hey, this is a this is a village. How many of you remember that? We didn't really like it, but I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Clintons came up with that phrase. It takes a village to raise a kid. There's probably more truth to that than we realize. I tell you this much, it takes a village to protect that baby. It takes a village, and that includes all of us as a family. Church family, if you'll come, should you join in with us. Committing ourselves. You know, it's kind of like the Holy Ghost this morning. It's a personal deal. It's a personal encounter. It's a personal experience. Each one of us... Now, some will have far more influence. Mom and daddy's going to have the most, no doubt. Spend time, hours. Hey, I'll tell you right now, that baby already knows when mama gets him. That baby already knows when it's mom and daddy. That baby knows when he's not at his own home. They're not near as happy off somewhere else as they are when they get home. They're a whole lot easier to handle at the house. They're at the house, and they know that. And so they're going to have the most. And then it, grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, neighbors, and just goes and the church. All of us may not have the same amount of influence, but everybody's going to influence this baby one way. It may not be but a one encounter. But that one encounter can make all the difference sometimes, both to the good and to the bad. And so we're going to pray together. Ask God to bless and minister. Sister Moore, if you'll come help me. Man, I always need the mother of the church. All living comes from the mother. That's Eve. <laughs> Amen. So we want the strength, the prayers, the uncut hair, the obedience. Gives you power of the angels. Don't you ever underestimate that. That obedience. Sometimes we got to remind ourselves of that. How that through this obedience it helps us. Amen. To impact our world. Amen. And to help to, to redeem and to reconcile and keep them. 
Amen. You know why? Because he needs a lot of protection until he gets to that age of accountability. But even then, he's going to need, he's got to know, watch this. What if he makes a mistake? How many of you believe he's going to make a mistake? Everything in here should have raised your hand. Come on. Oh, Lord have mercy. We know he's going to make mistakes. He ain't got no glorified flesh. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> okay, if you don't think he's going to make no mistakes, don't you make none. I'm glad I raised my hands. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. No. He's gonna, so he's going to need somebody that's going to love him. That's one thing I always try to do with my children. I don't care what, how much, if, I care how much trouble they got in. But if they got in trouble, I don't care what kind of trouble and how bad it was. I don't care if it's 2 o'clock in the morning. You call. You call. I'm going to come. I don't know what I can do and whatever, but we'll see. Huh. I may leave you in jail, but <laughs> hallelujah. But you still call. There's a good chance I won't. Amen. We'll just see. But, but here's the deal. I want Trent to know. You can always depend on. They love me. I made mistakes. I'll never forget what, what George Bush said. When he questioned him, said, if you don't win the election, he said, Mama's going to love me anyway. Mama's going to love me anyway. Mama, Daddy's going to love me. And this church is going to love him. Let's start this morning. Minister, if y'all come, we're going to anoint and lay hands on Trent and this family. If you'll just join with us in just a few minutes of prayer. Don't underestimate. Paul put it this way. He said, make a mention of you. Moment of time. Don't underestimate what can happen here. As we pray and ask God to help keep Trent. Okay?
Praise God. We just simply asking the Lord to help us. God already knows the call, the election, and what he's chosen this vessel for. Now God help us to help mold him, help shape him into that vessel that God wants him to be. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Good to have everybody. See you tonight. 5.30 prayer time, 6 o'clock service time. God bless you.